Why London over uh, a different um, city in, say, the UK or even the world? Because uh, I, apart from Mandarin, I can only speak English. Fair enough. Shame <laughs> on me, but... <laughs> no, of course not shame on you. I speak zero Mandarin, you'd be surprised <laughs> Welcome to Off Book, a podcast from The Young Vic, where we have conversations with creatives who have recently inspired us with their work here. My name is Dan Delamotte, and I am so pleased to be joined by the director, Dadio Lin. Dadio, thank you so much for coming to Off Book today. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're, of course, very, very welcome. Let's start, Dadio, at the beginning of you and your childhood in Taiwan. Growing up in Taiwan, where was that and what was that like for you? It's a very, very friendly place. People are very nice, but it's also a really, really hot place. <laughs> it's um, semi-tropical, so in summer it's like it's literally like sauna if you were out and you can't live without um, aircon, air condition, over the summer. And uh, what was your childhood like? Did you have any siblings growing up? I have two younger brothers. Um, I think we hated each other as kids. You think, or you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a very good sister when we were teenagers. Teenagers are annoying, and I was not a very good sister to them. But I think as adults now, and we're all over the world, we're supporting each other now. A lot more than we were as kids. And was theatre or, or the arts part of your life growing up in Taipei? No, not at all. I've never ever been to any theatre shows as a kid, as a teenager. Then how did you find it? How did it enter your life? I didn't even know what theatre was, um, I think until probably when I was late teen or 20. But however, when I was 10, I think that's how I, when I disco- discovered that I liked theatre... I was in what well, we call it elementary school, 10. Um, we did some events at school and I adapted a classical Chinese story, directed it and acted in it. So basically did everything. <laughs> and that's, I didn't even know that was theatre. I was just doing something because, you know, we watch TV and people act in TV. There are stories, you know what that is like. I couldn't do TV or film, uh, but there is a platform that we could use as stage. So I just did it. And that was the very first thing I did without knowing that was actually theatre or stage performance. And you thought, hang on a second, I like this theatre malarkey. I want to do more of it. I didn't know either. I just, I love doing it. I always thought I wanted to do it, but um, because because of my parents' expectation or what I think their expectations are, it never occurred to me that I could do something like that. Well, what, what were their expectations? Um, I was a pretty good student at school, so I could get like high grades and things like that. So I always think it will be like medical doctor, lawyer, businesswoman, that kind of thing. I have to, not I have to, I feel like they expected me to become someone who's successful and earn loads of money. Was it the same for your brothers as well? Are they in the arts? I've got two younger brothers. One is in art, the other one isn't. The other one, uh, the the little one, he's a businessman, uh, while the the one in the middle, he is a fashion designer. Oh, wow. Well, you can get the businessman to fund the fashion designer and the theatre director. How I know, that? I know. <laughs> perfect Great scheme. Idea. It works, it works. There yeah. we go, perfect model for funding the arts and fashion. Totally. You heard it here first on Off Book. So how did that then lead to you becoming an assistant director at the National Theatre of Taiwan? Because that's quite an accolade. Um, it's very interesting. Um, so I started knowing about drama and theatre uh, after I joined the drama club in my uni. I didn't know what theatre is at all before then. Um, and I was just working with my peer and one of them 
uh, she used to work with this director, a quite established director in Taiwan. Uh, she was asked whether she's available to do an assist to, to do an assistant job on a production that he was directing. She was not available, so she asked me if I was a- available and whether I was interested. And I was like, "Yeah, why not? Let's do that." So I jo- I got the job, and that show was put on at the National Theatre. So I got that job without being even being interviewed. Yay! <laughs> That's the very first thing, and then the second production I assisted at the National Theatre was directed by my director tutor, because um, we knew we knew each other throughout the course, the drama directing course in the drama department in my uni, where I didn't even study in. Um, so yeah, that that's the second production that I assisted at the National Theatre. And how does the National Theatre of Taiwan compare to the National Theatre of Britain? Wow, they're two different things. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, the 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 most significant difference would be that in Britain or National Theatre of England is really championing or like developing new writings, new works. In various ways, while in Taiwan, it's not really developing new things. They, it's it's like a venue, and they bought shows from foreign countries, for example, from Germany, from France, or from Britain. They bought shows to present in their venue and show it to um, the Taiwanese people, or they could also rent out. Like their big venue, they they've got two stages. One is like main house, the other one is more like is experimental. They sometimes curate their own festival, and they would produce. But as far as I remember, before I left, maybe things have changed. But when I was there, they curated festivals that they supported local artists. But at the same time, they also focus a lot on buying shows and show them to um, Taiwanese people. I find that interesting and surprising that uh, shows or companies from Germany or France or Britain have taken to the National Theatre of Taiwan, and you sort of have this this import of uh, of Western culture and the Western canon at, at the expense, it seems, of Taiwanese stories. Um, what do you think of that? This is a very interesting question because um, what I know about theatre and drama and everything is all Westernized. Um, all our tutors went to the states. They were educated as states. They the system. It was all from the West. The textbooks that we read, or the plays we read, they are, they were all in Chinese, but they were all translated from English or foreign language like um, Western language, Germany or um, Scandinavian languages. So the theatre culture that I absorbed was very um, Westernized, I would say, in Taiwan. And what do you think about that? I didn't think much, and I thought that was the realm when I was there. I just thought, well, that makes sense. Um, I wasn't as interested in um, the local or Taiwanese drama as much as uh, uh, as now until I am outside of that place. It's sort of I realize, you know, after coming to London, what I see is not very different to what I learned, and then I I started to realize, oh, actually, what was it supposed to be as Taiwanese? What was something, you know, that's local, that that's us, instead of being imposed by all these Western translation and culture and system. To me, it seems almost a little bit like a soft version of neo-colonialism in the sense that you have these Western stories being exported to parts of the world that don't have that that culture 
culture and identity at the expense of that culture and identity flourishing and, and sort of supporting itself. Is that an argument or am I being too too political? No, it's not. I, it, 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 it's like, it's weird to me that we were doing Shakespeare, we were doing Chekhov, we were doing Beckett all the time. But it always felt odd um, in me when I was doing it, when I was Taiwan. It's just like, they are translated language, they are not us. Uh, and you know you act, but it's not part of you, if you know what I mean. But then I know that recently people have noticed that. So, for example, I think recently there is a, a Taiwanese playwright. She adapted um, Three Sisters and make it really, really local. So it's the Taiwanese language, the Taiwanese atmosphere, the smell of Taiwan in the show. And that is, I think that's something that we can start to, you know, to find who we are and something that is local than just, you know, bringing whatever that was imposed on us. But it's still a version of Three Sisters, though, by Chekhov. I suppose the structure or the plot might be, but the way they talk and the relationship is adapted into, you know, what we're used to than how people help themselves in Russia. I find this really interesting. We could talk about this all, all day, but I'm going I'm <laughs> to move us on, um, Daddy, to ask, why did you come to London, apart from <laughs> the change in temperature? <laughs> wow, long story short. My parents thought I came here to finish my master's and then I have you know higher degree and I can go back to Taiwan and teach drama in Taiwan so they will and that's also what I thought at the very beginning I um I did my BA in economics so it was not in drama even though I spent all my time in uh, in drama department I didn't have a degree in drama and I just thought well to sort of in have an entitlement of working in the in the field I want to be acknowledged so I was just like I'm going to go abroad and pursue a degree in drama so that I think that's the very very initial idea of coming to London and did my masters back then. And why London over uh, a different um, city in say the UK or even the world? Because uh, I, apart from Mandarin, I can only speak English. Fair enough. Shame on me, but <laughs> no, of course not. Shame on you. It's fantastic that you're so fluent in, in English. You know, I, I speak zero Mandarin. Be um, so you studied at Goldsmiths, and you're, you've returned to Goldsmiths though as a lecturer. Is that right? Um, it's not really returned. I was still finishing my PhD mm. and um, we needed, in the, in the department, we needed a, a, a lecturer to do some courses. So my supervisor then, she was like, oh, okay, this student is pretty good and I think she can handle it. So um, I was then put into that model to, to teach. Great. What, what do you lecture in? Um, first year, uh, ensemble and site-specific. That's what I worked with the students. And I'm just looking at your, your CV here, Daddy-O, like all of the other things you do apart from directing. You know, you've got expertise in photography, choreography, film editing, lighting design, set painting. You know, you're an incredibly creative person. And I'm just wondering what each of those skill sets brings to you as a director do you use any of those those other uh, strings to your bow in the in the in the making process i think photography and music are the two things that influence me massively as a director F- photography is the visual elements and you know when i'm looking at the stage with all elements that on that are on stage how i'm going to put put them how i'm going to move them around is very much like you i would sometimes turn on my photographer's eyes and be like ah what I should focus on what would people see you know if it's a 
if it's an image, if it's a picture, what do people grasp first? And use that to, to help me develop the language, the visual language on stage. And music is um, the oral, the acoustic elements in a space. So a, a, lot, a lot of time is about the rhythm. It's about rhythm and breathing because I play music as well. So that to me is also really, really important what the whole thing sounds like in relation to music. And I suppose with photography and also with film that you also have experience in, that with those two mediums, you as the artist can choose exactly where the audience is looking. And sometimes with theatre as a director, if I'm in the audience, I could be looking stage left, I could be looking stage right, I could be looking centre. So there's a little bit less sort of control as a, as a director than there is a photographer or a, or a director for film or an editor for film. Um, what do you think about that? That's exciting. Because again, yeah, I'm a control freak. But <laughs> I control as, as much as I can. But yeah, you can't really restrict what they see. At, you know, when it's a stage instead of, you know, frames or um, film, like you said. But then it's also really, really exciting because you don't know what they're going to read from whatever you put in that space. And it, it, it actually, to me, is more exciting because they're going to choose seeing things from different perspectives rather than me saying, hey, this is what you should look at. And talking about different perspectives, there's a really lovely quote from you, about you, <laughs> where you say, being an outsider culturally pushes me to view the world through various lenses. I'm curious, Stadio, as to what those lenses are. I, I, don't, I can't define what lenses are. I just, I noticed that, you know, I didn't grow up here. And there are some hidden rules that I don't know, I'm not aware of, I'm trying to figure out, but I don't know fully. Um, so I might come in and just trust my gut feeling and my instinct. Might be different to whoever grew up here and so embedded in the culture. Um, no one has pointed at me and said, you're an outsider. But I just sometimes feel like, I am not sure if I'm doing it right, but I'm just going to give you a try. And then sometimes it's different, but it might be helpful if that makes sense. Because I, I imagine, you know, because I grew up in Taiwan and I know the hidden rules and all that. So I, I, I can't put myself outside of the box and pretend that I don't know the rules. But here, I know there are some rules. I'm not, I, I don't know them as clear as people who grew up here. So sort of through primary socialization, that makes you a, an outsider by definition of someone who has come here from, from Taiwan. I think so. And also just like, you know, understanding of languages, like for, for a lot of people, the phrases they're so used to, they probably wouldn't be able to see, you know, some other meanings in the language, but it could be totally new to me because I didn't grow up with, with this type of phrases or idiom. And I might have some other different ways of interpreting the language or how people say them. Were there other Taiwanese people or, or Chinese speakers at Central or Goldsmiths when you were at those universities? Yes, at Central, definitely. I, I, I knew quite a lot of Taiwanese who went to Central, the same programme that I did at Central. So was it, were you able to sort of form a network or, or to of, of a network, a collaboration of outsiders together, maybe? No, because they all went back. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and... Are there ever any benefits to being an outsider? Does it allow you to kind of view things and go, well, that's ridiculous or, or that works or I'm interested in that? 
Wow. No NDS. I I wouldn't. I don't know whether it's benefit or what or what. But it's certainly more interesting because my partner is English, so we would have like very very different views on things. And to me, it's exciting to understand what the English culture is. But it's also very really exciting for me to be like, oh, I can see it from a different perspective. Daddy, we've been speaking for a while, and、uh, we've not even yet mentioned in a word. Congratulations on being the Genesis director on that show. Thank you. Congratulations on the the run at the Young Vic recently. It was a really fantastic production. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.、Um, what was it about that that play written by Lauren Yee that that you were attracted to? It's crazy. <laughs> the the play the play is really really theatrical.、Um, in a way, I mean, it could be quite cinematic. That you could film it and by editing, and you wouldn't have any problems going through everything. But the 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 challenge the challenge is that it's on stage. You can't edit like you do. It's literally rela-、uh, relating to what you said earlier. It's challenge is really exciting. That how am I going to you know I can't control everything, but there is just so much I can hold in my hand and manipulate everything <laughs> in the space. So I think this play. As a form, is super exciting, and then the human relationship is also something that I love、um, in storytelling, and it's so rich, so profound in this play.、Um, that's why I'm so attracted to In a Word. And there's for people that don't know, it's a, it's a story of a mother sort of、um, coming to terms with the disappearance of her son、uh, two years ago, and and the relationship with with the the father and the the quite incompetent detective、mm-hmm. uh, as well.、Um, and there's a lot of slippage in the play, isn't there? That the audience isn't quite sure、um, where they are、um, in. In time-wise,、yeah. you know that, that、yeah. it kind of it, it sort of turns on a dime, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, you're in the present moment, and then you're in then you're in a memory. Yeah. Then you're then it's there's a real kind of like beauty and the fluidity of the play, which kind of fits in with all of your other skill sets, you know, in terms of your your visual artistry and your even choreography in terms of the way that it all kind of slips in together. Oh, thank you.、Um, yes, I think so. I I think it's it's a bit like detective work. On top of all, you know, all the elements you were talking about,、um, making sure that we know where we are at what time is so important, and then how we compose all these things together so that we present a poetic and clear version, but not too simple, so that the audience will have to work out what is going on. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, you you say that you love solving puzzles, and you know this this play is a puzzle, but also directing is a puzzle, isn't it? Yes, yes, I love solving puzzles. I love being a detective. If I were not a director, I would have wanted to be a detective. I think I said that.、Um, and working on this play is literally like detective's work. So that's also why I love it. And there was just so much of you in the play as well. Like uh, uh, I don't know yet if you have like a, a this is a Dadio Lin piece of work, but you could tell it with like even the sound design that uh, that uh, was so, so sort of haunting,、uh, and yet another art form placed on top of another art form placed on top of another art form in in this in this show. That you seem to really love kind of multi sensory 
uh, pieces. Is that is that a fair assumption? I think so, but I wouldn't say there there is a lot of me in it though, because I think Max, the sound designer, and Josh, the um, the lighting designer, as well as Naomi, uh, the the designer, the set and costume designer. I think we all have a lot of them in the in this show as well. I don't. I think I was a facilitator. I was bringing whatever they can contribute to the to the show together and make it like a harmony. So it sounds like it was quite a collaborative process then. It was. To me, it was very collaborative and I felt really, really privileged to be able to, you know, be part of it and working with all these very talented people and bring the show to life. And is that the way you like to work then, in that kind of collaborative way? It seems like ego was out the window. I hope that it was out of the window. I, I, yeah, I think it was. Um, and yes, I love working very collaboratively because... I just don't think that one person's view or vision, maybe someone can. I know I, I'm not that person. I don't think my vision is the best vision. I want to be challenged. And I also want to challenge other people as well. So we all come together. Because you know what? Four brains is better than only one brain. So I believe, I love collaborating with people and working together. And if I'm allowed to be slightly flippant for a moment, mm. I know that you're a big fan of telly as am I. Uh, did you ever ask Jill Halfpenny about winning Strictly Come Dancing and her Strictly experience? <laughs> you must have done, come I, on. I didn't. I have not. <gasps> daddy We have not talked about it at all. I thought you loved Strictly. I, I have no. Oh, I have you not love watched, Bake Off? Yeah, I, I oh, love Bake, Bake Off. off. Oh, Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I'm more of a Strictly. Okay, well, that's a... I, I wanted to get into that, but I haven't. Oh, it's never too late to get into Strictly. I know. Daddy. I know it's never too late. I am planning to. That's on my <laughs> list. Well, hurry, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> finish your PhD at Goldsmiths and get into Strictly. That's my. That's I my will definitely get into, but finish my PhD. I'm not sure. But. <laughs> well, she did win. She did win uh, Strictly. But, uh, I've heard yes. Uh, Daddyo, we had an interesting conversation. Me, you, and Anthony Lee, the digital manager at the Young Vic, before we started recording this podcast about East Asian stories and actually the lack of East Asian stories on our stages. And I know that there are theatre companies who specialise in that work, but there still seems to not be enough. And I wondered. Um, what you thought about that and why there aren't more East Asian stories and plays on, on our, in, in London? I guess perhaps there are not that many, that many, many or enough um, East Asian artists working in industry. And perhaps that's because, that's because um, East Asian or Asian parents, parents would expect their kids to be a lawyer, a medical doctor, businessmen, business women who you know earn loads of money and have a stable lifestyle that might be one reason and so that sounds quite frustrating what can what can be done about that can the industry help in any way can there be more opportunities both on stage and off for for east asian young people who are who are interested in a career in theater i think i think you know as long as we see east asians who on stage or off stage are doing very well then it's encouraging because we need to know the parents think that because they can see that the doctors are successful or lawyers they earn they they have stable life but if we can show you know working in the industry is no less than being a lawyer or being a doctor then there are options for east asian kids to be like oh that's possible if i want to do it i can pursue that it's not as long, you know i i see some other east asians being successful working in the industry on stage off stage so i know that's like a model i can follow i think that would encourage more young people 
East Asian young people to um, pursue whatever they want to achieve in the industry. And I suppose these don't even need to be East Asian stories. It just needs to be work. It just needs to be theatre featuring that just happens to feature East Asian people as part of the creative process. That's what I believe as well. I think because especially in London, like we, you see so many different people all over the world. It's about the story. I think it's the story itself that can touch people, that can move people. And we, we can see East Asian in these stories as well. You are actually returning to your roots. You're going back to uh, Taiwan with the Young Vic very soon. What's yes. that all about? Oh, it's um, uh, it's with the head of participation, Rob, um, to do a theatre residency for a week in Taiwan. We are going to observe two theatre companies, Taiwanese theatre companies, how they work, how they rehearse, how they, you know, train the actors. Um and learn as much as we can and bring them back to London. Well, when you do come back, please come back here and tell me all about it. Dadio, thank you so much for um, In A Word, which was a really fantastic Genesis production on at the Young Vic in uh, October of this year. And uh, we wish you all the very best with all of your future projects. I think you're great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Off Book by the Young Vic. For more episodes, you can subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify.